Welcome back. I'm Jacqueline. And Alana. And here's another episode of Black and Yellow coming your way. Yeah, we're getting <laughs> thuggish ruggish today. Uh, yeah. Uh, hardcore <laughs> thug talk coming at you. We're, we're thugs, can you tell? <laughs> we're so hard. <laughs> um, we're talking about thugs today, but specifically, we're talking about how the media representation of thugs differs between the U.S. and international film and TV markets. Yeah. So here in the U.S., I don't think I am saying anything shocking when black men are more often than not in TV and film represented as thugs, hustlers, gangsters, or anything along that sort. However, internationally, that's not the case, right, Jay? Mm -hmm. No, I think uh, I was, uh, I think I've always sort of somehow unconsciously known this because when I think of Asian gangsters, and I don't know what you guys think, but I feel like when you think Asian gangsters, you know, what what has clearly been portrayed in film and television is, um, you know, uh, men in Hong Kong, in Japan, in China, doing their business in drugs or weapons or whatever it is. And it's a very more international view. Um, you have famous, famous Korean and, and Japanese movies. I mean, Old Boy is the first one that comes to my mind where it's just like them uh operating and 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 it that's that's it's so it's so interesting that it's you don't see any like american asian men being gangsters hardly you'd see it hardly yeah i mean there's there's some of it but no like i guess the rush hour trilogy i guess like jackie oh like the triads yeah oh i see what you mean like like that's that's the first asian gangster depiction that comes to mind it's sort of like asian gangster meets ninja like that's i kind of feel like we conflate the two see but that was that was in china that 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 took place in china oh i guess that's true it didn't take place here that took place in hong kong and he was after triads in hong kong and china and he was a cop that had obviously a fantastic relationship with chris tucker but yes chris I, rock i'm sorry no chris, chris tucker jeez <laughs> um <sighs> yeah i guess i think in my american brain i was like well what's the first asian gangster movie oh, that, you saw. that like comes to mind yeah. and like it's that i yes it they are that. in another country exactly so it's that which is awesome because you get to see it as far as americans but you get to see it it's always in another country no right. matter what i never thought and, about that and if they if it is in america like if it is like an American movie and right. there is some sort of Asian gangster thug in in, in America, can I say that one more time? Um, <laughs> then they're they're most likely very ethnic. Like you hear them speaking Japanese in the movie, you hear them speaking Korean in the movie. Do you know what I mean? And then there's yeah. subtitles on the bottom. So that in of itself is already huh. that's fine. They're in America and they're doing some sort of illegal drug ring or sex trafficking i don't know whatever and the fact that they're speaking in a different language and yeah. we need subtitles only by, right. only like plays into that whole yes like, international yeah. thing or if they are speaking english they're very heavy accented on purpose because obviously they're from japan or whatever correct yeah yes it's interesting i never ever thought about and that. then i think like if they are super american then they have grown up with black people in poor areas Wow. And therefore are part of like the brotherhood and all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> My mind is completely blown because uh-huh. I, 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 I hadn't thought that deeply about the depiction of Asian gangsters past like what we know sort of generally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I never really thought about the, the idea that if they are depicted in American movies, 
as gangsters, there's some sort of black affiliation. Yeah. There's a black tie because in the U.S. we cannot depict thugs as anything other than black men. Right. Which I think is absolutely insane. Yeah. So let's... What's a thug? Like, let's just define what thug Tell is, me, shall we? You are, you are the definition queen. I, Let me hear it. With the last name of Webster, I got to stay on my Aunt Marion, you, you know? Do, I got to check out her books as often as possible. <laughs> so uh, a thug is a violent person, especially a criminal. Now, according to Wikipedia, a thug is a common criminal who treats others violently or roughly, often for hire. So it seems like Wikipedia is combining thug and hitman. Mm. However... Over an urban dictionary. Good old urban dictionary. Oh, you can always rely on urban dictionary. Urban dictionary is My favorite are their their examples. Like, let me put it in a sentence for you. Yeah. Let me break it down for you. (laughs) There are some simpletons out there. There So, you know. So, according to urban dictionary, Tupac's definition of thug, I think, is my favorite. And it is someone who is going through struggles, has gone through struggles, and continues to live day by day with nothing for them. Ooh. Ouch, my heart. Right. And it's so, I mean, (sighs) if you just go with that definition, as I am now choosing to go with exclusively, it sort of means that any and every human being can be a thug. Hmm. It makes the term a little bit more relatable. Totally. But I feel like the best movies that have somehow depicted thugs, Mm -hmm. the first one that comes to my mind, um, I don't know if you saw this movie, but I absolutely loved it, was Moonlight. Yes. When he is, uh, what's his name? Oh, he was in a house of cards. He was terrible. Um, I know. Anyways, the main thug in that movie who is actually selling crack to the young boy's mother. Mm-hmm. And then he takes the boys in. Like, how, how do you not feel for him? Well, you know, because at times a lot of thugs, I think, are you don't like them. They're like fucking assholes. Definitely. They're very one sided characters. Yeah. But I love that definition of how you just sort of if it, there's a lot more empathy in there. It gives humanity towards it, mm-hmm. you know. Well, in TV and film in the United States, it's disproportionately black male actors. Yes. Who are cast as gang members and thugs. Are Latinos second? Latinos, yes. Uh, mm, There's some variation. So if we're using just the gang member, if your name is scrolling through in the credits, gang member was your role. 62% are often played by black people, 21% by white, 10% by other. I'm assuming that other is Asian. Uh, 7% Hispanic. Hmm. But if you're a gangster, then 65% are black, 20% are white, 10% are Hispanic, and only 5% are other, Mm. taking the other to mean Asian. Mm -hmm. If you're a thug, it is 66% black, 21% white, 10% Hispanic, 3% Asian. Wow. And for gangbanger, forget it. Asian doesn't even show up. Wow. Uh in this particular breakdown. And if you think about those figures for a second, um, they're disproportionate to what's actually happening in our American society. Yeah. According to the National Gang Center, black men only represent 35% of all gang members in America. So according to film and TV, if you, it's double that. It's like 66 or 67%. Yeah, that's crazy. When in reality, that's not the truth that we're living. Yeah. So we're, we're playing into this idea that black men, if they wear saggy pants and have an aggressive resting face, they are a thug. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But in reality, like that dude could just be having a casual day and like doesn't want to wear. Yeah, but he's a lawyer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's on suits. his off day. Yeah. Let the man live. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think so often in the U.S. we totally conflate black men or blackness and thug. Always. Always. And and I guess the truth is like 
it does come from someplace real, right? Like from a place of like violent and crime back then and all this stuff. But I think yeah, what happened other races there are other males and other races that are just as capable of just violence. as capable. But I totally. think for the sake of a monetary instant read yes. the media, which were such a media driven world yeah. slash country, uh uh why not why not continue that because people will buy it people won't question it so whatever it is that we're showing to the world um you know they don't want to fight against the norm of maybe casting an asian guy or you know what i mean i see what you're saying you're saying in the us we have a racism problem yes. and with tv and film the funding is all is often advertising and sponsorships mm-hmm. and so in order to secure the advertising sponsorships and keep them going you have to cast your film and TV shows in a way that's believable to your viewing audience. Yeah, and instantly. Instantly. And a lot of them are, I think maybe the creatives at the bottom are more open-minded because Mm -hmm. they're not so high in the top of the chain. But I think really, really the people that are super in charge, now it's starting to completely break down. But I think before, and maybe of course some of it still now, very close-minded, you know, and I can just see someone looking over the cast and being like, um... Well, why isn't he black, you know? Or why did we decide to hire a white guy to play this guy? I think he should be black. You know, things like that because we're selling an idea. We're selling something right? in order to make money. I totally agree with you yeah. that instantly most viewing people will say tough looking black guy equals thug. Yeah. I think what's more disappointing and what's sadder to me is the fact that we cannot see a black man who's dressed casually maybe walking with the briefcase and assume he is sane he is sober he is intelligent he's responsible and no no we can't cast that guy in a movie because then the fear is oh well you're tokenizing this black guy right he's the only well-to-do black guy he's your token to to put more black butts in seats and i think that it's that programming that has to change it does and i think it will slowly but i think the more there's an open conversation about it and the more we push the boundaries actors filmmakers Mm -hmm. writers genders genders always male always um i think it'd be i mean i mean doesn't what's that one movie with uh taraj taraj t taraj t the one that just came out yeah well she's kind of like a badass bitch but i don't know if she's like if she's a gangster anyways like do you know what i mean like it all starts it does start with us because to be honest those guys at the top aren't gonna fucking change anytime soon unless we unless we change unless the consumers demand things like get out you know Mm -hmm. writing a story completely and i think i've mentioned this before on our podcast more get out yeah and i i i think i've mentioned this before i was listening to his podcast on tiger belly yay bobby lee um and his girl um uh who jordan peele said specifically i hope he stays true to this he will always always have a non-white protagonist right no matter what that is like his ultimate that is, and all the supporting characters will be white. But he said the protagonist in all his movies will never be white. And when I heard that, I was like, he's doing it already. You yeah, know? he's so, creating the change he wants to see. Right. And I think we've touched on this before where it does start with us. But I think the truth is that the society is changing and that they need to change. Agreed. Proud Mary. That's, That's it. the name of the Taraji Henson movie. Yeah. In an international film and TV market, Asian gangsters, y'all reign supreme. Yeah. Like when I, (laughs) talking about Google, um, when we talked about uh, doing this topic, Mm -hmm. I remember going home and I was like, hmm, opening Google, Asian gangster. And the like first or second link that popped up Mm -hmm. was an article about the top 10 best Asian gangster movies. 
Mm-hmm. So that made me say, like, okay, clearly there's not a lot of news or, you know, right. uh, history of Asian gangsters in America. Right. But then I clicked on this link and it was all Japanese Korean hmm. and Chinese movies, which is all international. I was trying to look one that one for that was really American, but None. I couldn't find it. Like The Departed, you know, oh, The okay, Departed. Yeah. That yeah, yeah, was yeah. first a hung like a, a movie. I forget the oh fuck, what's it called? It's totally slipping my mind. But it was a, a Hong Kong movie, and they remade the American version. Got it. Oh, okay. And it's so much better, by the way, guys. I didn't know I'm just that. Saying. It's interesting, also, how Asian gangsters are depicted. So, yeah. like here in the states, black gangsters often grew up in poverty so they joined gangs to have a sense of family a sense of community maybe they don't have a ton of education some do if that's like a pivotal sort of plot thing right that is built into the story is like this gangster is really smart mm-hmm. or whatever um right so often, he's deceiving you don't know he's yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. often the brains some sort of drug dealer pimp you know yeah. not making money legally he's not a law-abiding citizen right but asian gangsters no dude they're cool as fuck they have a suit on you know they also are come from higher education backgrounds yeah yeah and higher socioeconomic status right um i don't know about how a lot of older um gangster movies since i haven't watched too much of it but in the modern day like you whenever you watch like i saw I saw Deadpool recently. Okay, okay. And there's this bit where he is like, I think it's in Hong Kong, and Deadpool calls this guy. He's obviously Asian, and they're all at like some really fancy dinner, mm-hmm. and it's all gangsters, and they're all wearing like nice suits. And I feel like, like in Batman, like so many moments of Asian gangsters depicted internationally in u.s movies Mm -hmm. they're depicted well put together they got their well that's the model minority myth at play within the asian isn't that fascinating always the model minority myth is always at play when it comes to asian americans more more you'll see that more often than like i guess like the black gangster thug version asian version of that you know like you won't hardly see uh, some sort of like street um, well, I guess the older Canto movies, like Young and Dangerous, mm-hmm. is a really famous, um, th- there's movies, but it was a series, a mm-hmm. really, really famous Hong Kong series um, of, like, street gangsters mm-hmm. um, who didn't always wear suits and stuff okay. like that, but they were still, they were still um, not, like, they weren't depicted super poor. They right. still had, like, wives and, right. like... They're not impoverished. Yeah, and completely. Doing- and doing illegal activity because they have to survive. Yeah. They're they, choosing to do it. Yeah. And they know they can get away with it, which again, it's interesting that anytime we think about Asian people in the media, they always have to be depicted as smart. Mm-hmm. Always. Always. But even the, the other side of that is like, they're smart, so they're probably conniving. They're yeah. probably deceiving you. Oh, and they can speak in another language. Mm-hmm. They are not to be trusted. <laughs> right. And so my issue with that, like when you were bringing up how only 35% of actual African and black, black people are thugs mm-hmm. in today's world. Gang members. I think gang members. Gang. Yet in the media, double of that mm-hmm. is portrayed. My issue with that is that model minority seeking seeping through of there are Asian gangsters. And we don't hear about them. And we them. don't hear about them. And I know there are actors dying to portray an Asian gangster in a movie. Mm-hmm. You know? Um 
that we're not all nerds. And and what about those Asian guys, Asian actors who aren't don't have a skinny frame and are frail, but have like a six pack and they're big yeah. and they're muscular and they're like have tattoos and they look really masculine because right. Asian men are very demasculated in society totally. as a whole. Totally, we do um, not look at Asian men in our American society as strong. No, zero. No. Uh, no. sexually at all if anything black men get that way all the, m- time. All the time all the time and i think a little more and a little less too much of of, of it less and too much of it more causes problems mm-hmm. on both ends Definitely. you know of like of damn like i want to see a sexy asian man on tell growing up i never saw that never. ever you know never. and and i'm hoping uh, with crazy rich asians coming out Hopefully. and things like that like that will slowly change because there are really sexy asian men out there yeah i mean one of the male leads from the photos that i've seen from the trailer are is super attractive mm-hmm. in what in Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, the main guy? Yeah. yeah Henry Golding. It's his, it was his first movie, by the way. He wasn't an actor. That's amazing. Yeah, they needed to find an authentic... like. But see, I hear that last name, and it... it I... He's half white. See? I knew yeah. it. I fucking knew it. We cannot just cast a wholly, fully, and completely Asian actor, it. be it Chinese, Japanese, Korean, Vietnamese. He can't just be 100% Asian. Yeah. And that's what frustrates me the most. I know. I mean, for me, I, I've dealt with this issue a lot and I've like made peace with it because at least he's half. He looks pretty Asian. Mm-hmm. He's really because the place takes place in like really rich um, Singaporean. He's Singapore. He's from Singapore. Mm-hmm. He speaks the language. So culture wise, right. he's there. Totally. Blood, not all there. Um, but but at least he looks like it. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's like the thing. If you're half black and half white, America. Uh, Jordan Peele, he's half black, he's half white. Obama, you're black. but you're black. Right. And so if you're half Asian and half white, you're Asian. And so at yeah. least I think you and I are a lot more like, oh, all right. you know, we're them. way. I'm so sensitive to it, and I have to sort of because I can get in my own way, mm-hmm. you know, versus sort of like supporting and being proud. Initially, I, right. I think first, fuck he's half white yeah instead of like what a beautiful yeah. you know my that's like my after it's like fuck and then it's like oh okay but it's good you we're know making progress we're making progress regardless movement is movement any movement is. is movement you're right you're yeah. right you called me you called me in i hear that i guess i feel for like the fully asian handsome as fuck no tell me about it actor in any major city across the world that's like what about me yeah like i can act I'm attractive. Girls want to fuck me. I fuck all the time. Like, <laughs> like I can do some kung fu because apparently in American movies, all Asian people have to do kung fu. All Asian people have no to do kung what. fu. Yeah. Which is also, I think, a difference in the way that we see the way Asian people fighting and black people fighting. Because yeah. in movies, black men are always armed with like street and guns, guns knives, shanks, yeah. knives, like or their bare hands. Yes. Which I think also plays into this idea that the black man is dangerous and not to be trusted. Yes. Like he will squeeze the life out of you if uh-huh. he has nothing else. Yeah. Um, but sorry, that was a little tangent. No, it's the okay. way that they fight, that they have to know Kung Fu. Because mm-hmm. again, our our viewing audiences will not believe an Asian person on screen that's not smart. Maybe not all the way to the point of nerdy and geeky, but he has to be smart and he has to know Kung Fu. Yeah, he and he has to be somewhat put together, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm just all for just breaking that, like, every stereotype, you know? Agreed. Like, like cast the smart black person because they exist yeah cast they a, can fix your computers too it's yeah, not just exactly. asian and indian men <laughs> yeah. yeah um cast a, a a gangster broken poor asian man who had has nothing or together. woman or a woman. women are incredibly capable people yeah and i think with the thug 
conversation it always centers around men it hardly ever centers around women and i'm so tired of the idea that women have to be feminine in order to be front and center and an ingenue or if she's some sort of gangster then she gets redemption in the end oh does that make sense she either gets redemption in the end or she dies one of the two oh because the whole point is for her to get redemption. Is the that whole why point she's is a for gangster? her to transform? Like she was oh. this hardened person before, but no, women are supposed to. be... And men don't transform as much. They don't have that journey. I was really just talking about the female journey. I see, and okay, how okay. women are expected to go back to how we, as an American society, view women. If right, they start right. out troubled, they they are it, they end fixed. Right, like they have to be saved. Or exactly. Versus if she's just like full fucking full throttle and doesn't give a crap about anyone like why is that not okay or she dies i mean i'm thinking about set it off where like a lot of like queen latifah gets shot up to death Mm, you know what i mean i never saw that oh it's amazing it's like one of my favorite movies jada pinkett was the lead her character gets away what year did this movie come out i think 1998 1999 wow okay i missed that but yeah i mean i guess we don't see a lot of females being physically violent violent thugs or just like plain evil not as much. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's something, there's an evil quality about, like, like the act of either torturing, killing, whether if you're not doing, whether it's your Got it. hench, whatever. I don't know. Your henchmen doing yeah. your, your bidding for your you. Your dirty work. Because when you're the boss, you don't fucking do that. Right. Right? Like, right. I'm not going to go and kill anybody. I have people to kill for me. That's how, that's how much of a gangster I am. Yeah. And I think my issue is, like, when you're talking about, like, women being that, you know, and casting women to play those roles, uh, I've watched a lot of documentaries. When I first started getting really into these, it was a dark time in my life. Um, I was watching a lot of uh, whorehouses, brothels okay. in India, like third world countries, sex slave, human trafficking documentaries. All right. And I got you really depressed. were in a dark place. Yeah, I got really depressed for a while, um, for a couple of days. But I was so interested in this sub- subject matter because they don't talk, no one talks about it. Right. At all. Of course. Um, but I was really surprised. I don't know why. I just was uh, really surprised to find out that a lot of these brothels that aren't always, there are some really nice brothels that take care of their women and there's a lot of brothels that really don't. Mm-hmm. And it's like, free for all it's like you get you know whatever you make is all mine you're only keeping this much you take it or leave it there's a a bunch of a a line of women behind you that would kill for this spot you know um especially in india and so i was surprised to find out i know it's incredibly saddening um and just just makes me so grateful to be in america Mm um that a lot of these bosses or these these people that ran and who were in charge were women who had daughters. Yeah. You know, and the first thing that came into my mind is like, why the hell would you run a brothel if you're a woman, if you have a daughter or if you're just a woman, you know, I don't know, whatever it is, however my brain decided to come up with that. But for me, I was like, damn, they're, they're kind of, that's like really thuggish of them. Like you're such a gangster. It's yeah, it's definitely a different kind of thuggery. Right. Because that, I mean, it's a less physical thuggery and it's a more moral, emotional, moral thuggery. Right. Which is definitely, definitely so true in, in what it is to be a thug in a way, in a part of it. But, but I see what you're saying. You're saying that women, if they are depicted as quote unquote thugs, they are often the brains behind the operation where the men are the muscle. Yeah. And so when we depict female thugs, they're often like sitting at the top of like a food chain, if you will. And their bidding is the the way that they fight is more emotional because in life, I mean, if if you just take it off of the thug um, term for a second, like men fight in an emotion, men fight in a physical way. Like Mm -hmm. think about boys growing up. Like I pushed you harder. You pushed me. Yeah. I pushed you. You, you didn't get up. 
I win. Right. Because I, I hurt you more. But with women, just in general, we fight on a totally emotional level. Totally. Like, we attack you at your looks, your, for some, the family background, uh, the friends that you, the people that you're friends with, the people that you're not friends with. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. we totally fight on that emotional yeah. level. So yeah. it would make sense as to why we get that, if we are thugs in movies, we're, we're still doing the woman's work, e- essentially. Yeah, we doing the women's work as far as... With, oh, within like- the operation of the gang itself. Yeah. Like, we're still yeah. doing the quote-unquote clerical work. Yeah. Like, the sit-down office work, if you will. Right. right we're right, staying right, right. behind, and the men are, like, doing all the dirty work. Yes. I totally agree. I think another reason why, when it comes to American movies, Asian men, or women, quite frankly, are rarely ever seen as thugs, is because... In America, thug is a term that is often assigned to black men that have that reject white America's standard of behavior or mm-hmm. haven't risen to white America's standard of mm-hmm, behavior. Mm-hmm. Like we assign thug to anyone but white in a way or isn't acting the way that white people deem appropriate. Yes. And yeah. by and large, Asian people have been accepted by white Americans. Society. They yeah. have risen, if not totally broken through to a higher standard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that white America has set. Completely. So I think there's also that element at play psychologically yeah yeah like asians no 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 they've done better if not just as good as us they can't possibly be a gangster be a gangster that would never be a way of life a way of life for them yeah Yeah. exactly yeah totally like Mm -hmm. it's something that's unthinkable Mm -hmm. i totally agree but then you have then but then you have this entire international view of asian men being thugs which is a hundred percent different than the u.s yeah it's like it's like flipped completely and i think i think out of all the sort of gangst quote-unquote gangsters asian gangsters i feel like the japanese the yakuza's are the most notorious to me i don't i i'm gonna show my american ass right now (laughs) the most that i know about the yakuza's uh-huh. I know from the television show Archer and okay. the fact that there is a sushi restaurant in Silver Lake called Yakuza Sushi. <laughs> and like I've dined there many times. I didn't really realize it was like Yakuza until I was driving down the street with my boyfriend. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, and that sushi place is great. And he was like, Yakuza Sushi? Like the gang? I was, <laughs> and I was like, uh, I guess. Like, yes. Who are the Yakuza's? Um, Inform so me. So they are Japanese gangsters. Okay. The Yakuza stands for, um, translation? Please. Extreme path. What is it, and how would you say it in Japanese? I have no idea, but it's gokudo. I I don't just, like, completely butcher that word, um, in Japanese. Okay. Extreme extreme path. Which all of you know out there, or don't know, but just Japanese people in general Mm -hmm. are very extreme. Like, take World War II, for example. Yes. You know, take... Uh, samurais take um <laughs> just they have this take everything that they do in their cleanliness and their behavior they, they have this ex- yeah they have this huh. extreme like it's gonna be a thousand percent organized and they have this extreme which has made them such a fantastic culture and right. country to go to and to that's why i think people are so attracted to japanese i was just telling this to my brother and his girlfriend hi guys um i hope you're listening um uh because they're going to Japan this mm-hmm. summer, that Japan, mm-hmm. I think out of all the Asian countries, just I'm going off with a tangent here, is one of the most wanted, visited place. And I hear more non-Asian people. I Wanting sorry to go to Japan. Mo- yeah, I hear white people, black people, Asian people. I hear more than any other race want to go to Japan more than any other country yeah. in Asia. 
That doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me either. Everyone's always like, what's on the top of your list? And like, they'll say, and then, of course, everyone's like, I want, I've been dying to go to Japan. I want to go to Japan. The, like, that is overall what I've kind of experienced just because it's summer and we're traveling. I've been to Japan before and I'll probably be there again. Um, I'll tack myself onto that list. One of my bucket list things is to go to every Disneyland all over the world because I love uh, Disney and there is one. In Tokyo. I went. It's really nice. Yeah. <sighs> So I'm it's, one of those people. It's not as like a ama- It's it's just different. It's just it's just cool. I was like walking there eating like a like a Mickey Mouse popsicle, and I was like, I'm in Disneyland in Japan. Like <laughs> That's it was, awesome. Yeah, like, it was I pretty want that cool. Experience. Yeah. Um. So um, they I think are the most notorious, and they sort of have this like just sort of like this 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 sort of intense, you know, sort of very uh crazy like if you've seen any old japanese movies like they take it to a whole nother level like are they super violent or is it more like like are they sort of like russia where they like murder you secretly talking about russian gangsters yeah i mean there's russian gangsters definitely exist i think that now more than ever russian gangsters and that um archetype is going to be more and more and more of a thing the media is definitely pumping that into yeah uh, frame of reference definitely um it's funny that you say uh the, the the definition of thugs uh of thug of tupac's definition of thug mm-hmm. oh that sentence um because a pr- it, generally this is when i was doing my research that, um, a pr- perspective yakuza it really does they kind of come from all kinds like areas of life right hmm. but um, I guess a more romantic, I guess the more like portrayed is that a lot of um, they do take in um, a lot of boys, especially I don't know about women, but sons who have been abandoned oh. or exiled by their parents. Because in a lot of Chinese culture back then, there's a lot of exiling. I didn't know that. Yeah. What does that mean, exiling? Like um, you're just like put out of the house. Yeah, like and... you don't, you never, you're not part of this family. You're done. Like don't ever come back. You. You know, don't care your name. Like, don't say that you have a family. You're exiled. That happens a lot um, back then, and it's still. And it, I'm sure it could still happen to this day. Um, like in Korea, if you a lot of um, women who get pregnant. There's a wonderful documentary about um, unwanted births in Korea. Uh-huh. They have the highest rate of unwanted births and like dead babies. They find dead babies everywhere. In Korea <gasps> because you can't get an abortion. And girls are getting pregnant, and then their families are exiling them. Oh, my God. And so they have these little, um, a lot of churches or these, like, places, they have this little box where you can put a baby in. And this one church, or I don't know if it's, I think it's a church, was getting, like, a baby every week or, like, every couple days. It's insane. It was blowing my mind. So I was, then where do the babies go? Then they take care. They, like, they're, they're raised in these, like, almost, like, foster homes. Oh, my God. Yeah. And there was this, this she was um, all, like, blacked out. Like, you couldn't see her face, obviously. Yeah. But she was telling um, the camera how when her mom found out she was pregnant and her grandma found out her pregnant, both her grandma and her mom beat the shit out of her. Whoa. Yeah, it's really bad. It's completely frowned upon if you're a young, single Korean girl and you get pregnant. Yeah, there's not a lot of teenage Asian pregnancy. No. No period. way. You're kidding me. That is a form of exiling. Wow. You're done. Oh. You know? You, are, you have forever shamed us. You're done. We'll talk about this on our birthing episode. Yes. Because that's, I never, ever fucking knew that. It's extreme. Asian culture is very extreme. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. So, 
anyways, um, they, you know, they already start out being exiled by the parents and then they're taken in by this brotherhood, by this family. And then a lot of them who do um, become a Yakuza member, whether or not they were exiled or not, they have to completely um, sort of uh, like forget that they're family. Like the Yakuza is now their family. Whoa. Yeah. Um, I have a weird question. Yes. So the boy's exile joins the Yakuza. Like, does he then get the Yakuza to kill the family that exiled him? I'm not sure. Is that a weird that question would be to interesting. ask. That'd be a really good character story plotline. It would be if he really wanted to. I'm sure he could. I don't know what, exactly certain rules on what that is. Um, hmm. Just a but, weird thought. Yeah, you're thinking like what? <laughs> Just thinking like a Yakuza. That is the extreme path, my dear. Um. <laughs> I just want to say one last thing before we sort of kind of, in a way, wrap this up. Um, talking about how extreme, the extreme path. Right. Um, so they, I don't know how much of it is true now, but, you know, Yakuza's, they had rituals. Okay. Um, amongst it, their members. Their members or, you know, whoever decided to begin that. Um, this is called um, Yubitsume. Yubitsume, or the cutting off of one's finger is a form of penance or apology. Upon first offense, the transgressor must cut off the tip of his left little finger and give the severed portion to his boss. Sometimes an underboss may do this in penance to the obayan, which is like the head guy, um, if he wants to spare a member of his own gang for further retaliation. So if I'm gonna, if I want to save you and you did something wrong, I will cut my left finger for you. Whoa! Like the tip of my little left finger. But um, then, what does that person who you cut the finger off for owe you in return? I'm sorry. Keep yeah, going. Yeah, I know. You're getting it. This practice has started to wane amongst the younger members due to its being an easier identify for police. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So obviously not. Okay. Its origin stems from the traditional way of holding a Japanese sword. The bottom three fingers of each hand are used to grip the sword lightly with the thumb and index finger slightly loose. The removal of the digits starting with the little finger and moving up the hand to the index finger progressively weakens a person's sword grip. So this is like, you know, way, way, way back then. Mm -hmm. But just like how fucking extreme is that? Yeah, I mean, that... While I'm sitting here gobsmacked because I didn't know that, I do feel like if you're an Asian gangster in American film, like the the, the methods of killing are often very torturous, sort of medieval, whereas like black people are just like depicted as people that'll shoot you. Right. But it's way more methodical yeah. when it comes to Asian gangsters. Right, right, right. Um, And I think because there's so much... Well, because it's a much older culture and it stems from war yeah. and, and there were swords and, um, you know, uh, so so I think um, I think that there's a lot more detail and intricacies that maybe modern black gangsters don't have as much. But then it's... It, well, we're it, not given the license to be. Right. To have. Right. And I think that makes them a little scarier. Like it makes like it makes the 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 international I guess view on Japanese or um, Asian gangsters somewhat a little scarier because they have all oh these totally ways to 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 torture and to kill and 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 that's <laughs> that's really scary versus just the shooting me you know yeah definitely I mean I definitely think that we depict Asians at, at, in general whether they're thugs or not is like having a whole set of infrastructure that is foreign to us that we do not know about mm -hmm. and that you guys will keep in-house yeah. 
and away from American minds. And I mentioned this to you earlier, how like Asian culture itself is already very, um, what's it called? Like the fam, it's a very family oriented, mm-hmm. like India, you know, you go live with your in-laws, you, right. you bring your parents with you, parents live with you until you're old. It's very different from Western culture. Definitely. And I think even the, the depiction of the structure of organized um, uh, gangster groups mm-hmm. is very family as well like it's still depicted in that boss, way you have the bigger boss you have the big brother the little brother and if you're like the little runt then you're the youngest brother yeah and i think like we were talking about this earlier i think there is the same but i think it's way more heavily um placed on mm-hmm. the shoulders of, of like you would never do that to your older brother yeah and if you do you must cut off your little finger but it's know? still the family structure it's still this idea that like you're coming into a family yeah exactly and you owe and you owe and you owe and you respect and you respect right and you do your duties and you do your duties because asian culture across the board is super honorific super so to wrap this up how do we deprogram our american society to stop looking at black people solely as thugs like, how do we break down this this <sighs> title that has been relegated to black men in the media? And for me, I think a big part of the way to at least start the change is um, starting with the way that we define criminals in news. Mm. So I feel like if you are a black person, a Muslim person, a Mexican person, and you commit a violent crime, you're automatically called a thug. Yeah, that's that's what's put in print is this thug or this terrorist. Right. Or this idea of like they're poor. They don't have education. They're less than all of this stuff. Right. Comes with that. Which yeah. is not true. And thug is often a term thug or, or some synonym. Yeah. Hooligan, hoodlum, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's all a synonym for the same thing. But I right. think when it comes to white people that commit violent acts of terror like Dylan Roof with the uh, the Charleston shooting yeah. or the shooter in Vegas we define them differently we call them lone wolves mm-hmm. we call them mentally unwell mm-hmm. or mentally unstable or disturbed mm-hmm. or lost yeah and this really grinds my gears because I feel like when we are talking about thugs, the subtext when I see that written in print after someone of person has committed a violent crime, the term thug, it almost sort of reads as, hey, look, black people, Muslim people, Mexican, one of you did this. Yeah. You guys need to get yourselves in line. It's yeah. sort of like demanding a response and action from everyone right. that shares that skin color or that religious belief, nationality, what have you. Yeah. Or I think, just, sorry, I don't mean to cut you no, off. you're fine. I just want to insert this before I forget about it. Even or just like the rep, like being reprimanded. Like there's been so many times where a white man murdered a black guy and doesn't go to prison totally vincent chin in chicago that was yes absolutely and they didn't they got released on probation or something insane i can't believe someone hasn't made a movie out of it he they fucking beat him up and killed him and those two guys white guys didn't go to prison yeah that infuriates me. yeah because when it's a white violent offender it's somehow Okay. Well, it's not a call like, to action to all white right, people. Like no it, one is demanding it, right? Like no one has is demanding for them to go to prison as much as a black or a Mexican or maybe an Asian. I'm more saying like if it is a white violent offender, that person often stands alone. White people don't want to have anything to do with you if you're trouble. Yes. So instead of calling out their own and being like Dylan Roof, a thug who was a racist, no, they're going to make him his own individual problem, not a problem that all white people need to come together to try and fix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And these are also newscasts, news medias, news channels that are 
white people saying this. Yeah, that was right? exactly. I was like, exactly going there. We need more people of color writing these yeah. stories. We need more people of color editing these stories, mm-hmm. deciding to publish these right. stories. Or have a, a group of multi-ethnic people. So, Something. So then you can't, you know, then pull the racist card. Like, well, you had a black guy write an article about, about you know, Dylan Ruth. Or you had a white guy write an article about whoever, whoever. Like, be smart about it because people are going to be looking out for these things. Yeah, and Why white people have like, a really difficult time calling out their they, own. They, oh, t- They'll isolate, but they honey, have a very honey, difficult okay, time. Honey, just go to your room. That's right. Like calling honey, each other yeah, in. Yeah, like and don't worry. I think that's some bullshit too. But like, they're all that secret alcoholics and pill poppers and all that. Okay, this Jack, shit. you are talking fire and I cannot support that. <laughs> but um, all of that said, I think that we need more people of color writing for major news publications, mm-hmm. but also starting their own. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think it's headed in that direction and slowly but surely uh but yes i think it's 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 a conglomerate of like consumers and producers mm-hmm. coming together for one cause and realizing like yeah. maybe you're an actor that has a lot of credits and you're doing well in life and you're 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 living off of booking which is great and they and you're black and they offer you this gangster role maybe don't take it you know i get that like, but then you've got the plight of an actor, which is you you take what's what's offered to you, and can you afford to not take right, it? No, but that's what I'm saying. Like maybe if you have, if you can afford not to take it, mm-hmm. don't take it. I if agree. You believe in this same like realm of thought. Thought. Okay. If that is like your passion, there's a lot of actors that have turned down work because they don't believe in it. They don't want everyone I get to it. Do, do that. You know, I'm with Sydney it. Potier, like on one of his first movies, um, declined a certain role because he his mama would never have wanted him to play that role. Like that's amazing, and he did that in like. 19 whatever you know? yeah like i'm just saying like there's so many ways to go about it and attack it from different angles mm-hmm. for the better cause of this movement i think we also need more people of color writing our own stories yeah that's that's we have a lot of thing. white writers writing our stories we have a lot of white writers writing black stories hispanic stories very few if any asian stories but there's some sort of white writer in the mix and we need more people yeah. that look like us telling our stories because we they then we know that we will get more th- Fully fleshed right. out, writing, whole producing, directing, yeah, the whole shebang, definitely. Um, Black Panther, uh, what's it say? Cool, Coolidge, uh, Ryan Coolidge, yeah, yeah, you know things like that that yeah. have to be produced, written, directed by their kinds of people who understand their stories. Yeah, and that's fine. Of course, there's going to be some other sort of white person in that mix, but like authentically, who's actually like the people, the go-to people, mm-hmm. you know. And that's why sometimes I don't know, like certain fresh off the boat p- parts bother me because I'm like, I'm not so sure there was enough Asians involved in this. Yeah, I get that. You know? There like, weren't enough Asian eyes on yeah, this and project. I can tell because of this line or because of this person, mm-hmm. and that's I still think it's a great cause and it stands for something amazing. But you're absolutely right. More of our kind telling our stories. Yeah, and viewers, step up if if some television show production company or television show or movie is missing the mark let those people know definitely or or you know yeah it might be a great television but sometimes like i'm now i'm seeking a lot of shows with asians in it of course you know like of course i'm demanding it yeah we've never seen it and now we're finally starting to but why like well, and there's so much content out there that you can demand it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's so much media to intake. Yeah. 
that you you as a consumer have power now more than ever right. over what you decide to watch and, I think and what it's, you don't. I think it's happening. Alan Yang, who wrote and produced part of Master of None with Aziz Ansari, mm-hmm. um, is writing a movie of full Taiwanese cast. Perfect. Um, awesome. It's so amazing. Like, just things like that. I will that buy I'm three like... tickets. <laughs> I'll take three tickets, please. I will find two people to go with me or that person just gets my money. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm just sometimes in a place of like, just I want a little more urgency, mm-hmm. but, you know, or, or what well, I think what we're doing more is just like creating that awareness. Yeah. Um, and that's what, that's the first step. Totally. Having that awareness because with that awareness, only with awareness can those things happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I do think that it is our duty as human beings to become self-actualized. And if totally. part of that means like manifesting the change we want to see. Yeah. And especially us as minorities, as women, as people in this industry alive and well today and young on top of that with a certain different perspective because of where we come from and who we are. Let's talk about it. Let's just get aware, you know? Agreed. Yeah. First step is listening to this podcast. Listen, listen, listen. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope your summer's going well. This episode was produced at Christian Humes mm. over at Zeitheist, the only man that can tell me what to do and I have to listen. Uh-oh, Dylan. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Alana Webster. If you want to find me on the gram, I am at Renegade of Fun. You can find the show's Instagram at Black and Yellow Podcast. I'm Jacqueline Changyang on Instagram. We're excited to hear your thoughts, concerns, questions. Um, it's hot, hot, hot. Drink lots of water. And, put on SPF. Right. And stay woke. Yeah, guys. Drink lots of water. Put Thank on you. SPF and stay woke. We'll <laughs> talk to you next time. Have a good one. Bye.